Rajni, what's wrong? Tom, I have a script and I don't know what to do with it. Should I burn it? Feed it to my cat? You need some writer's group therapy. Hello and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. So as you guys know, we have a writer's group here in Los Angeles. And we're so excited because we're also now going to start featuring some of the people in our awesome group who are here to talk about their projects. So our first person today on the podcast is Adam Pineless. Hi, Adam. Hey, how's it going? Welcome, Adam. Good, good. We're so, so glad you're joining us. So, Adam, tell us what you're working on right now. Um, well, I just recently wrote a, um, a punk rock uh, musical pilot. So that's my most recent script. Ooh, what's it called? Uh, it's called Rock Show. I am open to better names if someone has one, but I do think that it encompasses essentially what it does, you know, in terms of uh, the story and uh, where the characters are and sort of the, just the world that they're in. Mm -hmm. So what's it, what's it about? <laughs> Um, well, basically, uh, Joan, she's a bassist and she has rainbow colored hair, which is kind of fun. But she um, she basically they're in a band and the show follows the progress of the band from the time they get picked up onto their first record label to when they start touring and kind of going through the different um trials and tribulations that bands go through. And it has to deal a lot with, you know, how the band connects as a group. Um, it has to do with um, how they the experiences that they have when they either are, you know, starting out in their hometown, but then they're starting to do shows that are further away and more, you know, on the road. So Adam, does it take place in a certain musical era? Um, it actually takes place um, sort of in present day, um, but it does have some draw, you know, they, they're referencing a lot of things that were, as they were sort of growing up, fueling their music. Oh, cool. So how did you come up with this idea? Um, well, I used to be sort of in a band a while ago. Um, we were not very big and we didn't tour or play, you know, many shows or anything. But uh, playing there kind of taught me that, you know, I can write music. And I've written pilots before. Uh, this one in particular, I kind of thought, you know what? I wonder if I could write a song for a pilot. And from a writing standpoint, it was a very different sort of thing because, um, you know, what I found is that you really need to go with the tone before, um, you know, the content obviously needs to fit with what the lyrics are and what the characters are saying. But from a writing standpoint, the tone, if it doesn't fit the scene, it's not going to work, you know? And, and I, I really learned that because like the opening number to the song, which you guys will be playing later as a clip, um, that song uh, I had rewritten it like probably six different ways and, you know, all the other ways were great, but there was something wrong. And in the end, that was what it was, was that, you know, you do need to have the tone match the scene or you've got like nothing pretty much. I mean, the words you can kind of, you know, make up to fit the song and the scene and so on. But you also want it to be something that introduces the characters like this takes place in a very heightened punk rock world. So the characters themselves are, you know, kind of 
slight exaggerations of the different characters in that world. And, um, you know, you have uh, the cocky Reverend Stitch, which is the guy who's the lead singer of the band. Ajax is the drummer, kind of a, a Travis Barker from Blink-182 kind of guy. He's got a shaved head and tattoos. And um, Harley's sort of like the stoner bassist who's kind of chill. And, you know, you get into what these different characters are and how they kind of all co- uh, work together as a band. And everyone brings their A-game to the table. They're all great musicians but seeing how they kind of have to work together uh, you know against different odds and you know trying to grow their careers and deal with their own personal things as well well in fact i think this would be a great time to play that clip i'm dying to play at the hard rock just the thought gives me a heart don't want So talk about the inspiration behind that. How'd you, how'd you come up with all that? You said you rewrote it several times. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, the thing was, is as an opening number, you really want to introduce people to the world and the song headbanger, which you just heard it's, uh, it, it sort of starts off. It's sort of structured in a way where you're addressing sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So, you know, there are sexual elements to the whole song, just the word headbanger, uh, and the way that it's sung, uh, but also, um, the way that, you know, the story, you know, they're singing about, you know, the smoking and, you know, just kind of like that worlds that they're living in. And from the get-go, you kind of want everyone to know that so that you don't have to spend time revealing these things later on when you can focus on the characters. So is this all going to be original music or are you going to be doing covers and, you know, homages to famous punk bands and stuff like that? Yeah, it's actually all original music. Um, When I first started writing it, um, which was actually the first draft I did, I didn't even look at, I, I just started a whole new one again, going off of what I remembered when I rewrote it. Cause originally it was written to have other people's songs. And, you know, I've seen how that's been done in the past in, you know, some movies like, um, you know, uh, what was that Beatles one uh, across the universe or, you know, things like that. You see sort of the ways that people, you know, do that, but I always feel like there's something inorganic about it. And I feel like, you know, when I was sort of, at first I thought, you know, I couldn't, write a musical, you know, like how, I mean, how do you do that? But you know, what I kind of realized was I've written lots of songs. I've written scripts. This is just the combination of the two. And, you know, seeing a lot of the more recent TV shows that are musicals, you know, sort of like um, one that I liked a lot was uh, Gallivant. I'm a massive fan of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is still on. Um, those shows have managed to show people like, look, you can write great music on a weekly basis. It's just a lot of really hard work. And, you know, that's sort of how I felt about it was, you know, I really believe that, you know, the harder you work, the more it'll pay off, but you know, it's going to be that that journey to get there, you know? And, um, you know, when I started to sort of redo the script, you know, I didn't look at the older version. Uh, I kept, 
I think I kept all the character names, but, you know, even now I haven't looked at it since. And it's kind of irrelevant because, you know, in the end, what it gave me was the structure and the framework to kind of put in the story. And, you know, what's fun is you get to go episode from episode through season and season to see the, the this band as they, you know, grow themselves. And, um what happens when, you know, some of them, what happens when one of them, you know, they start getting more fans at shows? What are some of the problems with that? Um, you know, what happens when one of them gets their first stalker? You know, what happens when, you know, um, they, you know, it's just kind of, you know, there's a thousand different ways here. You know, they deal with uh, 360 degree contracts, which, you know, a lot of bands don't like, which basically is a contract where um, you are losing your money from like you they take money not the record label takes money not just from uh the sale of the music but other things too um a lot of other things and you know it's tough for bands to make it nowadays because of that although you know then there's also the fact that nowadays a lot of people choose not to go on bands so you have a lot of conversation about the sort of politics of the music industry um the way that technology has changed the industry i love how you say when they get their first stalker like when they get their first kiss, when they get their first well, stalker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think that that kind of stuff happens to, you know, no, these people, you know, a, a friend of mine is an actress and, you know, as people have started to recognize her more and more, you know, they think they know her and, you know, it's a really bizarre and creepy thing, you know, for someone to have to deal with. And how does that affect Joan, you know, the main character, you know, how does it affect the other people in the band? Do they feel safe? You know, because, you know, what was something that was once just rock music and is, you know, relatively harmless and maybe not in spirit, but, you know, in terms of safety, uh, you know, it's a safe thing in general uh, to, to enjoy. But, you know, then it gets too far. How um, old is Joan and the rest of the band members? What's and like, what's the target audience, too? Yeah, well, I mean, Joan and the rest of the band members, they're kind of all in their sort of like uh, early to mid 20s. So they're at that age where they're sort of they're old enough to be adults, but they are also sort of just still figuring out what adulthood means. Um, and what was the other question? I'm sorry. Oh, what, what was the target audience? So. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, the target audience, this is definitely adult in content. Um, you know, a lot of the things I've written before were definitely more family friendly. Um, this one, you know, one of the first lines in one of the songs is my body's lined with spermicide, which is not really a f like, a, like, it's definitely a terrible like image, but it's something that kind of kicks off the thing saying this isn't just for children. <laughs> you know, it's not for children at all, actually. Um, but you know, the thing is, is, you know, the the world that they are in, it needs to feel natural that they would be in it. And that, you know, I, I like the idea of it being sort of an alternate world where it's sort of just more heightened to punk rock. You've got some of the grittiness, um, sort of like um, when you see like some of the animated cartoons, like uh, I always liked Ariel Monsters on Nickelodeon a long time ago. And I know it's sort of random, uh, reference but i love like the grittiness of the look and and even an episode that might be very upbeat has this sort of like this is the atmosphere and i love the idea of this having sort of this um atmosphere where you don't necessarily know what's around every corner but you're excited to see it that's cool i was gonna ask you i mean you're doing you're dealing with a lot of gritty hard 
themes here, and yet it's a musical. And usually musicals are light and fun. I mean, even Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, even though she's dealing with some weird, wacky stuff, it's fun. So how are you reconciling the two? Is it a very heightened universe or are the songs very, is it animated? Is it, you know what I mean? It seems weird to have this dark musical. Well, yeah. Well, um, the music's kind of used in three ways, but, you know, one, and I'll tell you that in a second, but, you know, I think the thing about the music is that, you know, luckily for punk rock, which is primarily the music it will be in, although I do see it going a little cross genre here and there, depending on the needs of the episode, um, you know, I do think that there is that sort of energy and passion behind it. And if, as long as that's infused in the characters, you're going to have that in the script and in the performance and, you know, all of that. It kind of brings it all together. And, you know, like, for instance, there's a song where Joan sings called Revenge on You. And it's she has just learned that, um, you know, someone has, you know, that her boyfriend has betrayed her. And it's right before she goes and plays a set on stage. And she closes her eyes and she has this moment where she... She um, sort of pictures herself, you know, jumping off the stage and just wailing on him, like brandishing her bass guitar above her head and smashing down. And she's singing at him this song called Revenge on You. And um, it's about the things she wants to do to him. And she ends up ripping out his heart and, you know, chewing it and spitting it out in his face. And it's really like violent, but it's a musical. And the whole thing, yeah, when the whole thing is, you know, a sort of semi-fantasy and then she, you know, blinks out of it a second later and realizes I got to play a set now. Like this isn't what I can be thinking about um, right before I play, but I got to, and I'm going to be professional. And, you know, she kind of makes that decision and, you know, that's just one of the parts of the episode, but, you know, I I think that it really encapsulates, you know, to me, the music's used in three different ways. Um, The first song is sort of the introductory song, at least in the pilot, uh, or I'm talking about only the pilot, but uh, the introductory song is sort of like, welcome to the world. This is where we are. This is what's going on. Uh, The second song, Revenge on You, I just sort of described, uh, and that's um, more personal, but it also is is like where music allows you to sort of show the fantasy. Like one thing musicals do really well is they allow you to have these sort of fantastical elements to your, um, to a scene that, you know, normally you'd have to tell a lot of this info through subtleties or through other characters, but they can actually say it directly um, this way, which is a little bit different, I think, in the genre. Um, And then, or the medium or whatever. And then um, the third way that, you know, the songs are used is, you know, the third song for me is, uh, it's called Cashews. And it's one I actually wrote a long time ago, but it's uh, a song about, you know, the song itself is about losers and it's kind of your normal like punk rock vibe, definitely Green Day influenced. Um, But, you know, the thing about it is that it's about the performance. Like you get to see in that scene how um, the the audience reacts and, you know, is working off of the, the players in the band and how both of them together um, have a relationship, you know, and it gets crazier and there's fans running on stage and, you know, the band who's playing, you know, Joan and them, they're looking at each other like, gosh, this is really getting to be bigger than we expected. You know, this is pretty crazy. So you know, they're right at the cusp of the starting of their, you know, trajectory, kind of. Very cool. That'll be really cool to check out once it's done. So, Adam, if people want to check out this pilot or to just find you online, how can they find you? 
Well, um, the pilot isn't anywhere online yet, but um, I do have actually, uh, I recently released a single that's unrelated to this. Uh, it's at adamverses.com. That's V-E-R-S-U-S. Uh, that's the, uh, you can go there. It's also on Bandcamp under Adam Versus. Um, Instagram, I'm Adam Pineless. Uh, Twitter, I'm at Adam Pineless. But to be honest, I don't really go on Twitter almost ever. Uh, Instagram is more where you'll find activity uh, for mine. We'll, we'll and, put those links in the show notes for everybody. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And for all of you out there, make sure you check out Adam's work. And if you like what you hear, subscribe and share uh, Writers Group Therapy with your friends. You can find us online on Twitter at WG Therapy, also at writersgrouptherapy.com. Share it with your friends and we'll see you next week. <laughs>